there, folks. I am so excited to be here for season two of Plain Rainbows. This is going to be our first episode, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host and office goddess, James Schwartz, who has agreed to come back and do a whole nother season. And James is going to introduce our fantastic guest today, which is Chris. So it's on you, James. All right. So I am here in Detroit, Michigan, and I'm not sure where our guest is currently at at the moment. She bounces around quite a bit. I can't keep up. But I know our guest, Chris, from way, way back in the day, about 21, 22 years ago. Uh, I met Chris in Kalamazoo, Michigan, when I was just beginning my room show. <clears throat> and unlike most Amish, my Rumspringa did not necessarily take me to other Amish parties, although I attended a few. Uh, but to uh, the gay clubs in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And so when I walk into Brothers Beta Club, there are some fabulous cabaret goddesses on stage. One of them happens to be known as Chelsea Del Rey. And that is the stage name of our guest, Chris. Chris, let me sleep on her couch. Let me take her to the club. I don't know. I have a distinct memory of driving my first car, an 83 Buick LeSabre with a bunch of drag in my trunk going to, <laughs> to Brothers at the zoo. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at, at, that, at that point, Chris was kind of a, I don't know if I should say, but, but kind of a party girl. And uh, it was party central at Chris's house pretty much every day. So um, I went from going to the Am Amish country to uh, uh, Kalamazoo's uh, gay uh, dr drag scene, um, one extreme to another. But um, since that time, uh, <clears throat> Chelsea has continuously been performing up until last year, I believe, when she retired um, and has uh, came out as trans and uh, created Branch County, Michigan Pride, which is uh, right next door. And right in the middle of Amish country. So um, I thought we would maybe before we get into your own journey, Chris, we could start with some of the things that you've been doing recently uh, uh, for Michigan and for the Michigan LGBTQ community. Great. Thanks, James. And um, Mary, thank you for having me. And uh, welcome all of you at Plain Rainbow. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I <clears throat> moved back to Coatter seven years ago. And when I was a teenager here, it was very rough in the 80s, um, growing up gay. And um, I was beat into a coma, which I remained in eight months. And then I moved away to California and then Las Vegas to start my show career. But um, when my father passed away and my mother and sister needed me, I had to move back home to Coldwater. And I said I wouldn't move home unless I could make a difference because no kid should ever have to lie in a coma over hate. So I created Branch County Gay Pride. Um, we are on our third year. It's been a huge success. Last year was our first uh, Gay Pride Festival, which served 682 people which if you know our area, 
that's a lot. <laughs> um, we're in a very, very small town. Um, I would say that my biggest struggle in Branch County is that I am in the heart of Amish country. And I feel like we've yet to reach the Amish population in a way that they can understand that we're there for help and services. And that truly um, weighs heavy on my heart that there's an area of the population that I've not yet reached. And I know that even if there's one person struggling with their sexuality or gender, um, I feel bad if I'm not able to give them that information and, and feel like I'm a disservice to that community. So do you believe that there are Amish LGBTQ folks that are currently Amish? I think there are LGBT folks in every facet of society. I don't, I would think, be... that, I don't think that they're just because of the religious view doesn't change the way you're born. Correct. Like it doesn't change how you're born and it doesn't change um, the fact that they still exist, even though they may be closeted and deeply closeted. It doesn't mean like it may not be safe for them to come out of the closet. And that's okay, but they still exist. And what, what I hear you saying is that you have resources for people who may be in your area that may be Amish and or Plain or Anabaptist, and you would love to be able to provide those resources for your community. Yeah, and we've, you know, we've uh, weighed it all out. There are uh, programs to house them immediately. So if, if they had to come out and had to lay low, um, there's secure housing for them uh, available to make sure that they have somewhere to go and can make this break um, with peace and safety and then clear head to make the proper decision on, on what they'd like to do with the rest of their life. And that could be going back. Yep. It really could be. And thank you for sharing your story of like what what has been the driving force of you deciding to change things and create a whole new um, way, a, a whole new resource for people in your area. That's pretty powerful. And thank you for doing that. I think it's really indicative of all of that when you start talking about the safety of folks and supporting folks in whatever choices and decisions that they are making that are right for them, not necessarily what you may think would be right, right, but rather going into what they decide to do and just being available for them as a resource, as somebody who's in their right. corner. Ooh, that's just wow that's mind-blowing though like i imagine you live in a very small podunk that's amazing chris really it is it is and, amazing because the area of michigan that we're from is incredibly homophobic it is um 80 trump trump county uh, the voting registry for my county is 80 percent republican oh my god yeah well, but either way, make that happen. Um, no one thought it could happen. Or, you know, being in such a Republican county, everyone said you'll never pull it off. But it still happened, and you yeah. did it, we despite did it. all of that. And I sat on like eight. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Center County. Um, yeah, I was the grand marshal of our 
holiday parade this year. So they've got it. It's come around three years. They've, they've got it. I'm not going anywhere. Um, we play nice in the litter box with these people or we don't. Yeah. And they've been playing nice. So That's some good pretty. has happened. But I, I, you know, like the Amish community, even with my work with HIV and STD, um, how do we get to them? How do we get them the knowledge that they need to know? You know, we're not naive. It's the same with school systems. Don't like to talk about promiscuous sex and, and those things aren't talked about in the school. It's no different than the Amish community. We'd be naive to think that people haven't ventured out and had relations with people outside that community. And then the risk for HIV and STD has, has become a problem exponentially increased and do they even have the information and education um, to actually use um, types of protection that could be helping protect them from STDs? Are they aware of the, the repercussions of having sex? And um, I have had a conversation with a, a young adult in, who was Amish and he told me a story of even him having sex with another Amish girl and they were scared of pregnancy and doing it behind family's back and they used a Walmart bag over him for sex. Because they're smart enough to know she could get pregnant so they used a Walmart bag for sex. That was his very first sexual experience. That sounds highly I, ineffective, I might add. I mean, but those... The thought process was there, right? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. The thought process was there. Um, hey, when I, when I, when I, when I first met Chris all those years ago, I did not have any knowledge of uh, HIV, STDs. This was all things that my sisters had to teach me. I did not know these things. So for any, for your typical Amish kid, uh, especially one coming out, venturing out for the first time to, say, gay bars or clubs, um, they're definitely okay. not going to have that knowledge or information. People who aren't deeply rooted in the LGBT community yet, that by sisters you meant your fellow gay people. Yeah, James. Who are you talking about, sisters? Because, like, I'm going to tell right. you this. That's right. Like, like, like for me... I, I literally did not know until like somebody took the time and energy to like give me like some type of um, information about all of those things. Vocabulary class. <laughs> yes. Well, and not even just vocabulary class. Like it was so much information. It was just mind boggling. It was like, oh, my God. Crazy. Right. Even um, being transgendered, the terminology, you know, when. I first started, it was she-male, and then transsexual, and hermaphrodite, and then it went to intersex, and then it went to tranny, and then it went to transgender or trans, and it's always evolving, and it's hard for anybody to keep up, I think. Right. Um, I'm not a fan of the alphabet soup. I will tell you that now. I, I'm truly a believer that we should just be known as the queer community and do away with segregation, because what we know from history is Every time we separate ourselves, the enemy can pick us off easier if we've segregated ourselves into small little pieces. If we are one big unit, we can't get got to as easy as 
are segregating ourselves into all these stupid breakaway points for identity. And I get why people find them to be important for identity purposes, but they have to realize the repercussions is it's easier to be taken down as a unit that they can pick off small portions of the community. And like trans is the target right now. Sadly, yes, if they can knock that down. So let's like backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about like what, what, what your journey is, Chris. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, I have some pictures here I can show you. Maybe that's a starting point. I don't know. If they came from James, they're set up. They're not going to be good, but go ahead. <laughs> Say that. Look how skinny set up. <laughs> well, I have another one too. Still and, skinny. And, see, here's, here's what I'm trying to figure out is like if you if you look at this, like let let me just show you this, okay? James, I don't think your bishop approved of that haircut. Or even your dad for that matter. So what were you doing? James. You should ask what he was doing on my couch every night, because that's more despicable than the hair. Oh, my word. He broke away, but literally, um, James had found fame in the gay community because he was the first Amish, and so curiosities were, is it different? <laughs> <laughs> So everyone wanted to sample. Seriously. Seriously. So they they extremely popular out of curiosity, not out of anything else. Just, just he was the first and they wanted to know if it was different. Um and really just, though, people we're 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 just people. We're just people. <laughs> we're just people. Hello. Like, yeah. Anyways. So yeah. That's interesting. I don't think I want to know what James was doing on your couch. <laughs> Multitudes of, of visitors and none oh. repeat. <laughs> well, I mean, that was James. Huh? He took the partying to extremes. Oh, I'm not, you know, it just... Sometimes that's what people want to do. And he's still alive and around today, you know. That's that's a wonderful thing. And I'm glad and happy he's alive and around today. But what were you doing? I was being house mom and babysitting and educating and keeping, keeping them from throwing up all over my carpets and laying condoms around for them to grab. <laughs> But trying to trying to keep them all alive keep them alive it was good times it was and it was it was truly a family unit um very much like pose was um but um in our community in west michigan it was not so dramatic because um, our economic hardships were not quite as strong as they were in pose um because i had a good job i ran the nightclub so we lived in a nice house and that kind of thing. But it was the same family unit as, as you saw in Pose. Um, it was the house mm -hmm. of Del Rey and, you know, James was our 
are, we call them fetch boys, where they carry our luggage and they lay out our clothes and zip us up and drive us to our, our gigs. And yeah, he was a fetch boy. You know, and I'm pretty blessed. You know, I appeared in James's book. And they always forgot something. Every single time I had to go back to the house to get something. Well, I relate. You still not change. You're so scatterbrained. (laughs) 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 Too much bailing hay as a kid, I think. Too much bailing hay. Yeah, I'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like... You know, I'm just gonna. Drink I remember, my yeah, I remember all the the queens hanging out at the house and the color and the energy and everybody getting ready for the show. It was a really magical time in my life, and I really thank you for that, Chris. You gave me my gay education. You opened up my eyes to the world at large, and you just gave me some common sense advice that you know you might think that I would know, but I didn't. <laughs> What did it feel like trying to explain like the gay culture and community to this this Amish kid? It's probably just interested in, you know, partying. He was interested in partying and he was truly um, self-absorbed in the attention that he was receiving as the token Amish, the very first in our area and how adored he was because people were curious about the culture and as I told you if it was different down there um and just you know Mill Street Chris Mill Street (laughs) yeah so he basked in his glory but um you know James is very analytical so it wasn't really hard to get to him um you know he's a poet and a writer and you know, he really thinks about things. I don't know that he always listened. That he heard the advice and did opposite, but I think that he received the information and then like most people in life, he did with it what he chose. Well, I mean, and isn't that the journey of so many parents, whether yeah, they're like yeah. house parents, right. chosen right. parents, real parents, they get teenagers and young adults and, you know, you can give them advice, but, you know, it's always ultimately up to them to decide which path or what route they're going to take in their journey. And I think James had always been coined by us as um I don't know if he had a self-defeating thing or whatever, but the amazing men that would hit on him and the ones he'd end up dating. <laughs> he would pass over the good guys and date the yes. garbage can stuff. Yes. I, I yes. Figure out how okay. Why, why you got to call us out for this? Because why you got to call not, us out for this? Because we all do. Um, well, I the majority. I mean, he had had businessman and a doctor that I can remember that had courted him and he paid them dust. That just really James. Stuck. It's really? true. It's true. It's tea time. It's tea time. Spill the tea. Oh my God. Yeah. Now as an mm-hmm. adult, yeah. I'm I'm gonna say, oh my God, James. 
what were you thinking? Oh, wait, is uh, it what I say about the reason that I have a child? It wasn't what was I thinking. It was <laughs> what, what was, was I, what I thinking? drinking. What was I drinking? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have something to do with it. <laughs> Sadly. Um, so James had told me that you had Yeah, uh, I remember the 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 You cut out, James. I can't hear you. Okay, he's gone. Oh, okay. James yeah, I, I noticed you were switching the conversation. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Mary. Oh, I was just trying to switch um a little gears a little bit and talk about like Chris's cousins because Chris was talking about um, they may have some, uh, Chris, she has some relatives that happen to be Amish. And didn't you say that they have like a common surname of like Schrock and Schrock I forget and Dunn. Dunn. Yeah. And um, Schrock, um, most of them lie in the area that James is from, um, Howe, Indiana, St. Joe County, Um the Duns are real big in the Branch County, Hillsdale area. And a lot of the Duns, um, a lot of them are Mennonite and run great big farms. And so, yeah, um, yeah my aunt married a Chirac um, who owned a construction company. And then my cousin Laura married the number one prize son of the Dunn family farms. Oh, yes, that social ladder, that 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 structure, that caste system that's present, ever present everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, so your your family, how did your aunt like was the Shrock an Amish person? Um, he had gone Mennonite and she had agreed to the plain clothing, but she did not wear hats. She just stayed true to the plain clothing aspect um, for him, um, but did not have to wear a bonnet. Um, but she did keep her hair in a bun, and it was, you know, blues and black. Dresses plain, just plain. just no, yeah. just no head covering. Yeah, and I don't know that he required it. I think maybe she just wanted to put in that effort. I never really asked, but she did change. Gotcha. The to fit his his life that's really interesting and she was so, a blonde-haired blue-eyed woman wow so how, how how did the amish uh your amish relatives how, how did they react to um you know i'm sure they they didn't go to brothers but they would have heard of the legend of chelsea del rey uh yeah, how, how did they react you know all of the family members that i you know the and their their family that's it's been entwined with ours for holidays or whatever, um, weddings and stuff. They 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 get the concept of being gay. They do. They get it. Um, whether whatever their belief is about it, I, I don't ask. They get it. They do not get trans. And I've been told by many times, why isn't just being gay enough? The trans part they can't wrap their mind around. In my experience. Um, they don't understand wanting to change your body uh, to match your brain. That was something that they've not really grasped, grasped onto. 
um, with the conversations I've had, the gay stuff they get. I mean, they, they understand that it's there and I've never seen any conversation. None of them were not aware that gay life existed and they just couldn't grasp the trans thing. That was wow for them to grasp. And I don't know if it's that way in the entire community or just these groups of people, but they didn't really grasp it real well. Wow. Thank you for sharing that and being open about the lack of like sometimes acceptance that can happen for trans people. Um, I, I think it's time to kind of like talk about for a little bit uh, what if there's somebody listening that would be um, gay, trans, like part of the queer community. Do you have a message for them? Um, sure. I think you should always be your authentic self. And in saying that, you have to know that it's a risk and uh, there's a safety. But would you rather die living unauthentically or, you know, die living a lie? Being someone you really are not and you don't feel you are inside. Um, so even spiritually, um, whether it's in, in your religion or anyone's religion, whether it's acceptable or not, um, this is who you were created and this is your calling. I would say educate yourself and make sure this is the path, but don't live on a place. That's not a real life. How scary would that be to live your life as a lie? Live your entire life as a lie. I couldn't even imagine you imagine being married to a woman and you didn't love her or you weren't attracted to her your whole life because you were told you had to? What a, a heart-wrenching burden. I couldn't imagine. And how cruel for the woman that she lived a life under a lie. And she was denied the opportunity to be truly loved. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. Well said. Well said. That well is said. a choice yeah. that many of us face, yes. Yeah, thank you. Do you have any parting words, James? Yeah, I'd like to echo what Chris says. Is You know, this is a choice that you have to face, especially for those of us that you know, um, are either outside of the Amish community or um, still in. Um, you have to decide what kind of life, you know, you're going to live. And is it going to be a life of authenticity? Uh, or is it going to be a life of conformity that uh, you're meeting other people's expectations? Um, and Chris is a great example of someone that is very true to themselves and always has been. And so I thank you for coming on, Chris, and sharing uh, your journey with us. You know, thank you, James, and thank you, Chris. I really appreciate both of your openness and your vulnerability. And also, you know, when you talk about not being accepted as a as a trans person and people not understanding it, I think that's all too often the case inside of like Amish and Plain communities specifically. It does happen where they just don't understand and it. I, I want to echo everything that you guys said about living your life authentically, but also this, if you're listening to this and you have the opportunity, somebody trusts you enough to come out to you, they trusted you, they trust you, 
they feel safe with, with you, they feel comfortable with you, or something about you says that they would be okay to be open and authentically themselves. And you don't have to understand why somebody is trans or why somebody wants to transition. You don't have to understand why somebody is gay or queer or any of those things. You don't have to understand that. But you know what? You can still sit there and love those people and be in their corner and support them. And you do that by using their name, their pronouns, by standing up for them and using those names and correcting people and making sure that they know that you are always in their corner. So I challenge you, if you have people in your life and you are not necessarily queer, to find a way to support and love those who feel comfortable and safe enough to come out to you. And on that note, I didn't hear an amen from James. Boy, I must not have done my job What right? <laughs> Whatever. Yep. Amen. Amen. Goodbye. Amen. <laughs>